This is 4H4U2, a podcast from the Mississippi State University Extension Service promoting 4-H programs and positive youth development. Here now your host, Dr. John Long and Kobe Rutherford. All right. Well, good morning to you, Kobe. How are you doing today? Hey, uh, good, Dr. Long. You okay? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Uh, so this is going to be our uh, kind of, I guess, our maybe flagship podcast. I don't know if that's the right term to use, but our initial first one. I'm, I'm. How, how do you feel about number that? one? Yes. I, I don't know. It's kind of daunting sitting here looking at all this technology well, and yeah. hearing ourselves and on these microphones and yes. stuff. This is what I've always wanted to do, so I feel I feel great about it. Me too. You, it. You've got a great radio voice. Oh well, thanks. I, I've got a cold, so that's probably <laughs> why. Because uh, I, I normally don't like my voice. You know, you know how that is. Yes, yeah, exactly. Recording yourself, you sound terrible. Uh, so I thought that the this podcast we could just start out by kind of just introducing ourselves and uh, tell you know a little bit about ourselves and where we come from and basically how we got to this point where we are right now so i'm gonna i'm gonna yield to the to the younger kobe rutherford all right well that sounds good thanks john so i am kobe rutherford i'm in the 4-h development department as a a new faculty member relatively uh started on staff back in september of 2018 my background and training is in uh, animal sciences so uh, the youth development is kind of a, a different world for me, but I grew up as a 4-H'er in a, a small town in North Alabama and participated in every 4-H event from 4-H cookie cook-off to public speaking to livestock shows. Uh, so 4-H has been a big part of my development as a person. Uh, so it's kind of neat to come back full circle and be one of the people that helps develop other youth from around the state now. Well, that's cool. I- you know, I, I guess I come from a little bit of a different background. I, uh, I was uh, born and raised, well, I was born in Ackerman and raised in Sturgis and wound up in Starkville, so I'm probably going to retire in Columbus. I'm just trying to keep going to the east, apparently. But uh, started out as uh, basically had no 4-H background whatsoever. Uh, I do remember a specific conversation that I had uh, with my mother um when i was a child and i don't even know how it came up she said that she was a member of 4-h when she was in school and i said what is 4-h and she says well i can tell you the pledge or what the 4-h's stand for which she you know of course told me she still remembered that and she was older then and uh so that was really the only thing i knew about 4-h and then i got into agriculture and i worked in agriculture for several years and uh worked in the Delta and then worked over here uh, at the uh, entomology department. And one of the professors over there had a, uh, a trap machine in the back of, the, of his uh, truck. And I said, what in the world are you doing? Because he knew I'd love to shoot. And he said, uh, I'm actually going to 4-H shooting sports shotgun practice. And cool. so I, yeah, so I, I kind of, you know, kind of got a little introduction there. But really my a really big focus of really wanting to change towards youth development was working through the uh, uh, entomology uh, graduate uh, club. We had an entomology club, and we would often go to schools and talk to young people, and we would have them come to the entomology department, and I just absolutely loved that part. It was just awesome. And, you know, that's where I really decided that's when I wanted to start, you know, trying to teach youth trying to make a difference so 
that led me down a different career path and uh i've been in 4-h now for yeah that long so wow. 12 years now and been with the university 23 so it's been a big part of my career here so how about that mm-hmm. so um, i guess my first 4-h experience my uh i grew up on a farm a beef cattle farm and I was looking for something that I was good at. So I was terrible at all athletics. I, I couldn't shoot a basketball, couldn't hit a baseball. So I was kind of looking for my niche. And with the cattle on the farm, we found that there was a venue to show cattle through 4-H. So my dad started off, he bought me a uh, $400 sorriest steer you've ever seen in your life. But I went to the 4-H and I got some uh, 4-H contest with that steer and I got some ribbon that was probably some shade of orange or brown, you know, nothing really significant. But uh, that steer taught me a lot about responsibility and how what you put into something you can get out of. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I learned how to, with that steer particularly, how to lose, and that's something that I had never done before. I still got my trophy, my little brown ribbon, but it was kind of cool to see how I progressed over from a nine-year-old with a sorry steer to as a senior in high school, having uh, some really nice cattle on my farm. Yeah, that is cool. So, But that steer got me into different projects in 4-H, like public speaking and uh, different visual presentations, and kind of set the whole mode for my career f- forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing about 4-H that I've really learned is the fact of, yes, you can do a specific, well, in the, in, uh, in the 4-H safety program, you can do a discipline, for instance. You can do shotgun. But... <clears throat> shotgun takes you other places it takes you into other things and you can really expand on that and that's what 4-h is so uh i think so much a part of now is the fact that we can actually branch out and we've got so much more to offer these days than what we've had in the past and i think it continues to grow uh since we've seen the growth of the robotics program and things like that 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 was non-existent several you know in probably in my career yeah it, so. it wasn't existent when i was in 4-h and that was almost 20 years ago but right, right. um yeah nothing about that i i like uh one thing that i i've not learned and of course you you've as you said you've been in 4-h and one thing that i could say is i i wish i'd have been in 4-h the um the opportunities that young people have now i mean if i'd have known about the, the you know these programs i'd have been in it for sure but i just didn't know about it you know all of my instruction if it was a firearm it came from or or archery it came from my you know my parents or you know relatives and these i mean we're reaching i'm not just saying uh the 4-h safety program but all programs are reaching out to these different um veins of of youth in the community yeah, and I think that that's something that we have had a hard time capitalizing on is all these children who go through the 4-H program, how they go back into their communities and be community leaders one day or even uh, state elected officials or even on a national level. A lot of our national leaders were 4-H members, and we still t- kind of need to remember this, the largest youth organization in the United States. And there's people on this campus at Mississippi State that don't know anything about 4-H. So I I think that's one good thing about this podcast is how maybe you and I can help spread the message of 4-H and try to expand our audience some. Right. I I totally agree. I know that uh, even working at State Fair, you know, we have our 4-H day at at State Fair, and we draw some uh, 
people into that uh, event that are not even remotely in 4-H, don't even really know anything about it. In fact, I stopped a late, or I didn't stop her, but I, we got into a conversation at, at State Fair last year, and I got to telling her about uh, 4-H. She picked up a brochure, and then I you know, got to telling her about it. She says, I had no idea. She says, why are more people not? why do more people not know about this and i think that's true i think we have a a great audience we have a great message and we just need to get it out there yeah that's right Mm -hmm. so i think moving forward with a podcast you know there's so much we can talk about and have a lot of different episodes we can Mm -hmm. talk about uh your programs with 4-h safety programs Mm -hmm. we can talk about youth livestock programs and then all those different programs in between those two spectrums that uh, are not reaching a a huge audience that are so beneficial it's true that's very true i love of course when i I guess when uh we uh found out that we were going to be able to start doing podcasts uh i think you and i almost bumped into each other running from our offices because we thought this is a great opportunity you know so and just thinking about the things that we're going to be talking about in the future and developing uh, those topic areas, I think that's really going to be an exciting uh, thing. It's it's going to be a breath of fresh air for sure. And um, one of the uh, things that that you and I were brainstorming on was just like talking about those smaller aspects of of uh, little known facts, I guess, of 4-H and thing, and that we can um, hopefully educate people on that that they and they hopefully y'all will get something out of this. Yeah, I think so. And regardless if you have someone that's in 4-H or not, I think we can bring on some guest speakers Mm -hmm. and some guest panel members that can talk about different things like social media or, um, you know, maybe even some personal development skills that are geared towards youth uh, that can be applied towards adults, such as uh, resume building, um, interview skills, things like that, that's important for anybody of any age. Yeah. (coughs) The... um I think that that's very true. I think sometimes we may get a little wrapped up in, in on the competitive side or a certain activity side, and we forget that the main focus is youth development. That's what we do. If you can't say that enough. It's youth development. It's not just youth doing something. You know. So what we do um, as volunteers or as parents or as agents anybody involved in 4-h we're teaching those kids life skills that they're going to use from now on you know i, I made a, a comment the other day about you know this this is not even 4-h related but the girl that taught me how to tie my shoes you know she taught me a life skill that i use every day now right. not today but i got slip-ons today <laughs> but but it is something and and the very fact of you if sometimes we get to thinking that we're not making a difference, you know, and, and it's not worth the effort, and these hard-headed kids don't want to listen, you do not know what kind of impact you're making in a young person's life right now. But on down the road, you know, I've had people come up to me afterwards and say, I remember what you told me, you know, and I thought, man. And I remember people, you know, that mm-hmm. have made an effect in my right. life. So it, it is, we're making a difference. There's no doubt about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think back to my experience as a 4 H'er and think about, again, that, that sorry steer, what I learned from that thing. And, and most of all, it was perseverance. You know, after the first two or three outings with that calf, 
I knew he wasn't very good, and I learned what kind of the standard was for uh, a good show calf, but I also learned not to give up on that project. I wanted that calf to go to the county show, district show, state show, and uh, you know, kind of stick out that project. Mm-hmm. It had been real easy to give up on him, and uh, learning perseverance, hard work, um, responsibility, feeding right. another animal every day, uh, it's kind of pretty neat. And then at the end of it, the big idea of it was I learned where my food came from. Right. I learned that that right. steer was going to produce X amount of pounds of hamburger meat and steaks and things that could feed my family for an entire year. A lot of people don't know that, and I think that's getting lost for sure. You know? Yeah. Do not know where their food comes from for sure. And I think that um, when we when we go to talking about through these uh, topics that we're going to be uh, having on the podcast – I think you're going to, or the audience will begin to see just how large 4-H is, how diverse 4-H is, and how it's just continually, continually making an impact in uh, young people, young people's lives for sure. And even how much 4-H has evolved uh, during our lifetimes. I mean, wow, Mm. it's went from uh, corn clubs to to STEM that you mentioned earlier and robotics. Mm -hmm. I mean, the future is limitless for what all 4-H can offer. Do you know, you talk about, and I'll, I'll just give this a little, can I, may I give a little snippet of information? Yeah, sure, go ahead. I, this is a little FYI, I guess. But 4-H was started, as uh, Kobe mentioned, in the corn club. Well, do you, know, you, do you know the story about why they did that? I, I've heard it, but I, I'd like to hear it again. Okay, so I'm okay. Yeah, let's go ahead. All right, so the deal is, is that, you know, the Extension Service was trying to get the farmers to take on these new agricultural practices that were coming out of the university. Well, uh, they were hard-headed, you know. Right. Some of us are. Yes. And they would not take up those practices. Well, they said, let's try to get the practices in for through the youth. We'll teach the youth, and they'll see the results, and then they'll want to do it. So when little Johnny's corn patch or tomatoes were growing larger than dad's, little Johnny was doing something right because he was taking that information uh, that that the agent was trying to get out. So that is what we're trying to do. We're trying to get expand, go out into our community and make our young people better so they can be an example for other people to follow. So I don't think any of us would disagree that's a that's a bad thing for sure. Right, and I've also heard stories about how uh, some of the early 4-H livestock projects started with record books. Yeah. And, you know, we think record books, are, they're pretty simple, but right. it's almost the same concept. 4-H agents taught those uh, dairy kids in the Midwest how to keep records on their dairy cows, how much milk they were given, how many pounds of milk. And then, in turn, they were able to make genetic improvement in their cows and figure out which cows were continuously the better producers. And they taught their parents to start keeping records. So uh, youth are a powerful tool. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in a absolutely. teaching environment. A very, a very uh, valuable, valuable, uh, they're a future. So let's yeah. just face it, you know. And when we think about how many children there are in this generation and how they're talking about this generation will be bigger than the boomer generation right. and more, have more spending power than millennials and be po- probably more frivolous with their money, uh, we've got a huge consumer base that uh, we need to make sure that they have good life skills and Absolutely. make good choices. Absolutely, because there's a lot of things out there in that world that are 
right the opposite of that for sure so right exactly yeah well all right i guess we're going to go ahead and wrap this podcast up it was a uh i enjoyed talking with you kobe just uh yeah, learn a little bit more about you kobe's uh just starting out i guess yeah. you know you uh came in in september that's right yeah yeah so let's uh i look forward to doing this again i think this will be great yeah it's kind of fun maybe it's a little shaky today but i, I think we did okay for our first little about i think we did pretty good, good all deal. right well with that we're going to go ahead and we'll see you next time all right. we're not going to see you you'll hear us and we see each other so. yep have all right a, good deal have all a right. good one take it easy Bye. thanks for joining us for 4h4u2 for more information please visit extension.msstate.edu and be sure to subscribe to our podcast 4H4U2 is produced by the Mississippi State University Extension Service, Office of Agricultural Communications.